Well, I didn't want to start too early and miss any of our buddies. Before uh, phones and time clocks just changed on themselves. Um, I remember several times I'd be out here early in the morning, once once a year, and then show in here, show up here when song service is about over. When uh, <laughs> the other part of the year, this part of the year, I guess. Let's pray, Jesus God. I just thank you for what you've given us, what you've done for us, Jesus. God, what you did for us at the cross, God, you've won all of our battles, and God, I just thank you for that. And just thank you for your word and your spirit that you gave to us, Jesus, to walk with us. God, and to be our comfort. God, to be our uh, guide. And I just pray, God, that you bless these things that we look into, your word. And I just pray that you make them a part of us, Jesus. Make it applicable to us, Jesus, so that we can live by it, God, and let it be a part of us. That's what we're asking for, Jesus. God, we know we can't just mentally take it in and, and do it. God, it's through your spirit, and that's what we look to this morning, God, knowing these things. You've showed us that, knowing these things. That's what we ask for this morning. God, in your name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> Let's go to John seven seventeen. I refer to this verse a lot because I love what it tells us. I guess we can go to 16. Jesus answered them, he said, my doctrine is not mine, but his that sent me. If any man will to do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. And I just find that to be a real key that unlocks things in our life. God, as far as knowing the um, the things that he's showing us about our lives, when we have that kind of a heart to want to do his will, he sees that he responds to that. And he's going to teach us the truth. He's going to he's going to show us what's true, God, in the Word, and also um, in our lives. He's going to show us what we're dealing with, um, what's hindering us. He'll he'll open those things up. <clears throat> Let's go to Revelations two, verse one. hear any pages flipping anymore except for mine, so I'm slow. I'll read the Bible on my iPad all the time, so it makes you out of practice and flipping stuff around. Hi, Anna. <clears throat> Chapter 2, verse 1. He says, Until, under the church... Oh, I can't speak this morning, apparently. <clears throat> I grabbed some water here, but looks open. And I can't do that. <laughs> My grandpa used to tell this joke about how uh, some guy came into town and went to the well, and he went up to the ladle that they had there, and he got some water, and then he, right over by the handle, he took a sip. And then one of the local people kind of hit one of the other local people and says, all the people from out of town drink there. How's <laughs> <laughs> going? Okay. Two one. Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, 
You remember what those seven stars were? He said that those were the messengers of the churches. And God holds them in his hand. Who walks in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. And that's the church. So his presence is in the church. And that's what we want. That's what makes the difference. It's really the difference between a church that knows God and doesn't know God. And that's what we want. That's why we come together. He said that he'd gather, uh, if we gather in his name, he'd be in the midst. But we want to pay attention to that and see if his presence is here. And we want those things to be right. Because that's when it really makes a difference. I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience. And how thou canst not bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say they're apostles and are not. And has found them liars, and has borne and has patience, and for my name's sake has labored and has not fainted. Thank you. Thank you very much. I usually drink a lot in the morning, but on days that I come up here, I don't drink a lot. It's a secret why. So he's, he's really saying some very marvelous things about this church of Ephesus. They haven't fainted. They, they are troopers in a way, in a sense. And, and we want to have that kind of drive and that kind of uh, tenacity in our walk. We have to have it. They've rejected evil in others. They probably reject it in their own lives as well. Because they said that they... Uh, <clears throat> Let's read it exactly. He says, you can't bear them, which are evil. So they've probably got their own lives cleaned up as well. He says, nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee. So this is the awesome thing about his presence being in the church. Is that even if we seem like we're doing really well and have gotten evil out of our lives and, and we can't bear it. And we've, if somebody's lying, we we know the scriptures we can we can validate that something's not true but if god's actual presence is in the church then he can guide us and keep us in that place in him that we want to be because we want to be in him he says nevertheless i have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love remember therefore from whence thou art fallen and repent and do the first works or else i will come unto thee quickly and will remove by candlestick out of this place, out of this place, except I'll repent. And that's what he's saying. He's like, guys, I've, I've taken you, I've redeemed you, and you've gotten evil out of your life. You know the word, you know the truth. But then we don't want to leave that part where we walk close with him. Um, he said, draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. And so that, that sense of uh, closeness is what he bought us for. And if we, if we get cleaned up and we get to where we're walking right, we don't want to miss the part. The whole best part of being set free is that access back to him. And, and the reason he warns us of this is because it can happen. It gets, it gets ingrained into our, our way of life, what he's done for us. He can tell us, you know, if we're going through things, he can tell us, you know, you ought to pray. And then we pray and it becomes a habit. It becomes something that we do. But then it can become something that we just do. That we're no longer listening. We're no longer listening for what his will is. And that's the big part of, 
of what we want. We want to will to do his will. We don't want to leave that part. That, that's the first works, I think. It's that sense of, of, of knowing God and walking with God and, and wanting to do what he wants. And if we stop doing that, then what we can do is just go after that form of God. <clears throat> we can go after that. And then, um, and then we're uh, stuck because we, th- we may think that we're doing right and we're not. But God's faithful and he's going to warn us if we're listening. That's the nice thing about it is that we can get in these situations where those things happen to us, but he can just, he can just draw us out and put us in that right place in him. My mind was thinking, well, should I say hi to my friends or will that put them on the spot and make them feel embarrassed? So I went with hi. Hi, guys. We're in Revelations 2. But we want to enjoin ourselves to his presence. We want to do that. And we can do that. That's what he bought us for. And we can we can know when we're when we've obtained that and when we haven't because there's a difference in the way we feel the way we approach the word when we read the word and it is dry or if we read the word and it all it is is condemnation we need to enjoin ourselves into him and, and recognize that love and go to the things I guess in the word that help reaffirm that until we have that peace back on us that where we can approach the word where it's a feeding and it's a a uh, covering for us instead of a vexation. But this thou hast, that thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. And this is, this is superb. This is knowing real God. If you're going to hate that kind of uh, activity in a church to where people mistreat the church or mistreat uh, others, if you've really come into that place in God and know him, that you're not going to forget the way to deal with his people. And uh, the fact that they have that hatred for the deeds of the Nicolaitans, it really shows that they had this real walk, a real understanding of what God wants for them, that they're not to lord over the church. They're really, he said, if you want to be the greatest, you, you be the servant of all. And, um, and that right concept just really shows how, how right these guys are or how right these guys were. But they still left and veered off of, I think, seeking his will and seeking his presence. <clears throat> he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. To him that overcome will I give of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. And I, I like how all these start off with this, this, this fact about God, saying, hey, I'm the one that holds this, the, the seven churches. I, I hold it. And, uh, and he comes back and he shows that I, I have this life. And he just really sandwiches all these messages to the churches with, with that that whole concept saying, Hey, I, I am your life. And he says, and he, and he runs us through this lesson. And then he says, this is, I am the one that has that life. Come to me for it. <clears throat> Let's go to Luke 15. Well, you guys are turning there. One of the things I like about reading the Bible, I mean, number one, it's our life. It's our food. But, it's like when I read it, that's when I really, in some ways, will to do his will. He'll, he'll have something that he lays out there, and then um, it just it puts in you that desire for it. 
over and over again. That's what it does to me is I'll read it and I'll think, wow, I'm missing that or I want that or I want that improved in me. And it's just a great way to find um, his will uh, or the desire for his will in us is to read it and to, and to have him teach it to us. <clears throat> Luke fifteen eleven. And he said, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that, is, that fall to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. And there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. So sometimes servant sin seems like freedom, doesn't it? But really it enslaves us. Real, obe- real obedience and, is what really gives us real freedom. And we've all been there. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent him into the fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat. And no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven, and before thee I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion I love this part, and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. So we see this love of the Father. I love this story because it just, he wants us to know what he thinks of us and how, we, how he values us, how he pardons sin, and how he's after that relationship. He's after that closeness. And um, it's, it's absolutely what... The Bible's for it's absolutely what the cross was for is to give that back. It's much of what life is all about. Let's see. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight. And I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. He was still his son, but he wasn't worthy. He, he didn't earn it anymore. He knows that now. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him. And put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. And bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. And that, that, that joy, I think a lot of times um, if we've left... Our first love, that's one thing that we're missing. If we begin to serve God separate than his presence, separate than his, than his will, then that dryness sets in. The merriness goes away. And, um, and if we look through the Bible, that's all through the Bible. That, that sense of his joy that he wanted to bring to us, it's all through the Bible. And it's a great way to find out how we're doing. If we don't have it, we can recognize that. I love how he said, do you see the, you see the, the signs in the sky? You know, 
those kind of signs, we want to pay attention to them in our own lives because we he put them there for us. For this, my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Now his elder son was in the field. And as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what things, what these things meant. And he said unto them, Thy brother has come. And thy father hath killed the fatted calf because he hath received him safe and sound. And he was angry and would not go in. So like we've all been, like the first son, we've all been here too. And that, that's the reason why he had to have Revelations 2 and tell us to go back to our, our first love. is because these things can creep up in us. But they're a great indication of where we're at. Same as if we don't have joy. If we, if we feel this resentment towards others, it is a, a fantastic mirror back to us to say, is it, is it okay? Are things okay with you? And the answer would be no. Most certainly not. But I just love how he does this. And that's why he tells us to interact together. Because we're not just to live on our own and, uh, and, and do these things. He really made these things for us to partake in together. And that's a lot of times where we see these things about us. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. I love that because he says that he is knocking on our heart's door. And whoever will let him in, he'll come in and sup. And that's that that nature of God, that sense that he comes out to us and entreats us. He didn't come out and force him. He didn't go out and uh, and he really he really let him talk. He let him tell them the things that were uh, that were bothering him. And you just see that love of the father and how he deals with him. So therefore came his father out and treated him. And he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment. And yet thou never gave me a kid that I may make merry with my friends. But as soon as thy, thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, and hast, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. And he said to him, Son, Thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. And I think that that's one way that the church needs to operate. We need to understand that all these things that he gave in his word are for us. And if we don't see them, we need to go check. <laughs> There's a reason why he gave us the word, was to give us that protection. If things aren't right in our hearts, we we should eventually know it. Even if even if things have gotten rolled murky for us we should know that things aren't right and uh he says if we should have joy we need to seek him for that you know if if, um if we don't have it it might just be that we're not spending time in prayer or our prayer is maybe become mechanical or something and um and we can go to him and ask for joy and sometimes what he can show us because in first john he says joy is tied to obedience so there's, there could be things that we need to change. That might be why we don't have joy. And that's, that's really his voice because he, he can be very, very gentle and very subtle in his dealing with us sometime that if we're, if we're not listening, we won't hear it. But if we are listening, we'll most certainly hear it. So he gives us that choice to, to be able to just say, okay, God, I'm going to seek you on this. And then he can show us what that is and what changes need to happen. 
All that I have is thine. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad. For this thy brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. So he's, he's explained it to him. You know, son, you're wrong. He's back. We are happy. And, but, but that wasn't what he was as upset about is just that he was really serving without any kind of sense of relationship. He was serving without taking in that, that sense of his father's provisions. He wasn't, he wasn't living that way. And we just, the reason he warns us of that is we can all fall into that where we just, where we slip into a place where we're mechanical towards God and we don't want that. He wants us to seek him and to seek his will and to, and to stay close. And that's our protection. Let's go to First John 2. I remember when I first became a Christian, I'd read First John some, and it just seemed like such a just entreating book, and it is. But as I've grown into and read it, it is it is so serious. It is such a serious book, and um, and he does give those things that are very entreating, but he also gives very very clear and serious warning signs. And I remember eventually reading it, it as like reading these things that he taught the church in, in the second epistle and the third is like, no wonder God showed him these things in Revelation because he had such a, a, a heart for what's healthy and right in the church and uh, what the church needs. And he, it just, he was a, a great vessel to put that in because he really, really had that understanding of, of where the church um, would operate right and where it would, uh, where it would fail. So John 2... Let me see. Let's start with verse 1 real quick. My little children, these things write I unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. So he's that covering. He's that sufficient covering for that. Said, and hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He that says, I know him and keepeth not his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. So it's how we can judge those things. I love that verse because God spoke that verse to me one time and I, I probably told you guys this before, but I'd given a, I'd given a Bible to somebody and I'd highlighted a bunch of different things in it and, um, and, and wrote him a letter and told him, you know, God's a lot like your dad. He's trying to protect you. And and, um, and I mailed it to him. And then uh, they'd sent me a text one morning. And uh, But before they'd sent me that text, um, God had spoken that verse to me. And when they sent me a text, it says, I know him. You know, and it had that sense of, I know. But but I knew that those those works weren't in her yet. And so, but it was neat that God really just pinpointed that even before she sent me that text that uh, what I was doing for her was it was right and uh, because she needed those things to operate in her life. But uh, it was just so neat that, that God had done that for me. Let's see. 
And he keepeth not his commandments as a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also to walk, even as he walked. Brethren, I write no new commandment unto you, but an old commandment, which ye had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which ye have heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write unto you, which thing is true in him and, and in you, because the darkness is past and the true light now shineth. And that, that reality of God in our lives is what we're after. And uh, it'll, be, it'll show up. It'll be evident to us. It'll change the way we live. And it'll change the way we love. It'll change the way we deal with each other. And the great thing about it is, is just like I was talking about with joy, is if you don't see it in there, you know to go get it right with God. That there's something else that's, that's come up. Either there's something that needs worked out, or there's just this dryness in you that is now translated into a feeling of preeminence or a feeling of success that's looking down on other people. He that saith he is in the light and hateth his brother is in darkness even until now. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hateth his brother is in darkness and walketh in darkness, and knoweth not whither he goeth, because the darkness has blinded his eyes. And that's that sense of if we aren't paying attention to these changes that come about in us, we can get to the point where God would just say, You're, you just can't see anymore. And um, But even then, we should be able to come back. Because if we start seeing that what we've done is begin to hate people, it should be a red flag to us. Like, get this right. You've, you've walked clear out of the way, on a, you know, maybe by accident, maybe completely by accident. But it's that indication that, that things need to be changed. They need to be right. And a lot of it just really has to do with enjoining ourselves to him and his presence and letting the word through his spirit teach us and keep us in line. And that's we can't fail. The Bible says that in first or second Peter, and you guys would know probably, but he said if, if you do these things, you, you won't be barren or unfruitful because his spirit will work these things out in us. The last thing I wanted to go to is in Colossians chapter 2. I love the book of Colossians. Let's start with 2 verse 1. Because we have time. For I would that you knew what great conflict I have for you, and for them at Laodicea, and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love, 
and unto all riches of full assurance of understanding, to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And I love this because when we walk with God and we know his word, almost every time he says the word mystery, he's talking about a mystery that's been revealed. So it's, it's not a secret except before it's been revealed, before it's been given to his people. But I just love that about God. He, almost every time he talks about a mystery, it's something he showed us. But you see this wisdom and knowledge that comes with knowing God. He is that kind of light that we can know not only things that are coming to pass, but more importantly about the things that are in our heart that can trip us up and make us stumble. And so this wisdom is to me is just an amazing thing that he gives us, but it's not, it's not what we're seeking him for. It's more uh, just a byproduct of an all-knowing God walking with us. And this I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. For though I be absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in spirit, joying and beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As ye have therefore received Jesus, or Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. And doesn't he make it so simple? I mean, it doesn't always mean that it's easy, but it's simple to understand what that goal is and what that pattern is. And that pattern usually is that we go to him and say, God, you, you show us. We, we trust ourselves to him. And that's, that, that's the part that's simple is the, the knowing what it is. It may be a really tough decision to, to trust him, but, but he teaches and he, he illuminates what his path is. It's a very, it's a, I remember one time seeing that, just how good of a teacher God is. But, and I've just come to know, he will teach. He will open up his word to what it means. But he allows us to obey. Whether we do those things or not, he leaves completely up to us. And that's the scary part. <laughs> I mean, but, but that's where we can, we can trust ourselves to him. And we can talk to him about those things. But we, we want to do those things he asks us to do because that's where we'd be blessed. But, but he does teach. And he, and he just makes the word, I feel like, crystal clear. And there's things that he tells us, even the things that we're talking about, if, if hate or a lack of joy were the things or, or something that we need to change in our life, those things aren't always that easy, but he will show what they are. He won't, and he won't keep it secret for long. There may be a season where you, you are searching for that answer of what's going on, but he'll show us what it is. And that's why I feel like it's really important to not only pray, but also to have the word as our, as our, uh, where we allow him to talk to us because we can begin to, to make him in our own image. That's what so many religions will do, or even people that call themselves Christian. If they don't apply the Bible to their understanding of who God is, then you can get off base. You can start to really just come up with the bizarre and, and, uh, and it won't be bizarre to you because it'll come out of your mind. And so that's why it's important to, to mix that, that walk with his word and, uh, and prayer.
Let's see. Let's start here again. And this I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. For though I be absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in the spirit, joying and beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith. I love that because it's if you're established in the faith, it's like he did it. As ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. And I read that and I think about when when Jesus told the parable about the, the second son and he said, all that I have is thine. And th- those are the things that we have. We possess these things in him. And if we don't see them, we need to recognize that and, and go after that and go get it from him. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. And that's the part that I really wanted to, to go to in this uh, chapter because philosophy, how many know what that word means? A love of words. And so what we don't want to do, we've talked about wanting the Bible and, and, and that being a part of us, but we don't want to get to the part where we just love wisdom or we love words. or We don't, we don't want to establish a habit of just hungering after knowledge. What we want is Christ. It is absolutely what our goal is, and it's our safety. Because every, everything else can bring us away from what, what we really want in him. And, um, and so he's, he's warning us. I, just, I think that that's a, a great warning. And vain deceit. After the tradition of men. After the rudiments of the world. We can make habits. We can, we can actually even do things that God told us to do. But then leave that, that sense of him directing us. And just follow after those things that he told us to do in the past. I know he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, but that walking with him is what we want to focus on, that we have that. After the rudiments of the world and not after Christ, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. I like how Paul directly went from this talking about philosophy and loving of words to really saying, you know, God's an authority in your life. He's a reality in your life. And so that's the difference. If we just love wisdom or we love words, we don't surrender the same if, if we know that it's God saying, thou shalt do this or thou shalt do that. And that's what we want to be in tune with is that we are in that place of surrender with him. And I really like that word Christ. You guys know it means anointed. And I like one of the parts of that word. I think I'd read a long time ago. The root of it was like smear, like an oil that smears. And and I love that because I think it describes so much about God and God in our lives. You imagine if something was just a little bit of something was just smeared on you, how it stays on you, especially an oil would stay on you. But eventually it's going to wear off. It's going to not be there through time and that's why we want to go to him daily and and constantly for that that anointing that sense of his presence in our life is something that we want to pay attention to and stay focused on that 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 it's there because it's our safety 
and ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power, in whom also ye are circumcised, with a circumcision made without hands, and then putting off of the body of sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. And I love this too, that it follows, watch out for love and words. It's like saying, you know, you're on this path that is, that is circumcision. It is the Spirit of God working and dealing with your life and bringing about changes in your life. So much more than just book knowledge and, and, uh, it involves a surrender too. Buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through faith of the operation of God, who hath raised us, raised him from the dead, and you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinance that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross, and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. So you just see that victory that he's promising us, and that's what we want to we want to we want to mix that with faith. We want to mix the word of God with that prayer until we really feel that come in and be a part of us. And we're the best judge of that. Whether it feels like it's for somebody else, if we read it and it feels like it's somebody else, then pray. <laughs> because it's for you. And uh, or call somebody. You know, we're a body, and we want these things to be what we think and how we how we uh, interpret the things that are happening to us. If we if we see these things coming at us are just day to day life things, and we don't think of God doing these things in our lives, then those things become difficult for us. They become more of the same, more of the th- same thought processes and stuff that we might have. And then and they start to just weigh us and weigh us and weigh us. And what we really want is to be able to take those things and, and, and have them shape us. Because that's what they're really for, is that walk with them. He's shaping us by the things that happen to us. But, uh, I think that's about what I wanted to cover. We have time, but we can visit. Let's just pray. God, I just thank you for your word. God, let these things come to pass in us. God, we, we seek you for these things this morning. God, make them a part of our lives, God. Every day, God, I pray that you guide us, lead us with these things that you show that you'll do for us, God, by, by having joy or not having joy. Those things can, can guide us into whether our walk with you is going well or not. And I, I just pray that I would pay attention to those things and everybody here would pay attention to those things day by day. God, you're the one that brings us that strength. You're the one that helps us. God, rise up above these things. You, you said that we're overcomers or, or we're meant to be. And God, I just pray for that power, God, to move through us and in us and that we'd abide in you, God, every day. And let your word, God, when we read it, God, let us remember it. God, I pray that our memory would be touched, God, from from hearing your word. And, and that as we go through the day, things will kind of unfold to us like, like you do in our lives, God. You show us things. We may read it this morning and we may know, we may have an understanding of it later or, or the next day. And God, you do that because you, you commune with us, God, and you teach us these things. And that anointing you, you promised, and God, I've seen it work. God, in my life and in, in, in the, these people's lives, God, over and over and over again. I just pray that you continue to do that and continue to walk in our midst.
God, continue to show us where we're at and what you'd have us to do. God, I pray that our ears, God, would be in tune with your spirit, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen.